Let's turn together to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I actually want to pick up on a subject we started talking about last week. And that is the subject of demolishing strongholds. We covered it some last week. I want to cover it a little bit more this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you when away. We covered what that means last week, so if you didn't hear that, you might want to uh, listen to that message. I beg you, verse 2, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. There's a saying that facts are stubborn things. And it's true. But the Bible tells us that lies are stubborn things as well. Paul paints a picture of strongholds, fortresses, where the, those that took that land, they build a fortress in order to defend that land from giving it up. In this case, Lies have taken land and built fortresses to keep from giving up that land to the truth. In verse 5, Paul tells us what these strongholds are. He says they are arguments and pretensions that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. So strongholds are thoughts and belief systems that oppose, that contradict, or deny the knowledge of God. And strongholds can take different shapes. They can take different forms in our lives. Strongholds can take the shape of worldview. Our worldview. Uh, worldviews are things like atheism, materialism, hedonism, relativism, communism. You name the ism, it's a worldview. Also religions. The different religions offer and bring with them a world view. A world view is the interpretive grid, how we view and interpret everything around us, our lives, politics, current events, history, everything around us comes through the filter of a world view. A world view that sets itself up against God is a stronghold. It's a lie, and it's a stronghold. Strongholds can also take the place of cultural and social trends. Now, cultural and social trends are not necessarily good or bad in and of themselves, 
But cultural trends tend to shape our values, our perspectives in ways we're not even aware of. It's like the atmosphere around us, you know, like a fish doesn't know it's swimming in water. It just, that's just where it is. We're swimming in the atmosphere of the culture we live in, and we can't help but be affected by our culture. So we wonder what's trending? What's cool? What does it even mean to be cool? By the way, cool is actually a long-lasting term. It's been around for decades and decades, and it's still cool to say cool, which is nice, because a lot of things that was cool to say when I was a kid are not cool to say anymore, but it's still cool. But if you go back far enough, you go back 100 years ago, and if someone was cool, you threw them a blanket. Now if they're cool, you give them a podcast. So it's, it's changed. Social trends have changed. And it affects our thinking in ways. We don't think this way. We just think, you know, this is, I'm not affected by my culture. I'm not affected by any of that. I just see the world as it is and I see reality. I'm clear thinking. We think that, don't we? And it's not until we look backwards and we look at what others thought were clear thinking that we realize maybe not. We are affected in so many ways. If you don't believe me, I want you to consider with me for a moment fashions in the 1970s okay so what societal pressure would make people who are wearing something like this think they're looking good or something like this to go out to church i mean you know or another example is this these outfits were cool in the 1970s. What, what changes in our brain, seriously, happened that when they looked at that, they thought, mm, boy, i got to get me that. <laughs> and we don't. What's happened? It's the culture. If we were in the 70s, this would be a commercial right now. And you all would be saying, where do I go online to buy that? Except we didn't have online back then. Now, I want to go back to the first picture because when I was in high school, I had a leisure suit like that orange one, <laughs> only it wasn't orange. It was gray. But I just want the younger people to know, I was cool back then, man. <laughs> I was cool. It was polyester and gray, and it was just like that, you know, total coolness, total coolness. Here's the thing, cultural trends. We're not to isolate ourselves from our culture. Our culture can be a neutral thing, but when our cultural uh, or social trends set themselves up against the knowledge of God, when they oppose, contradict, or deny God, that's when they become strongholds in our lives. One more thing, strongholds can also be those attitudes and mindsets that we have on a more personal level. So things like worry can be a stronghold in our life. It, it's there. You know it. If you struggle with worry, it's, it's, it doesn't budge because somebody says, hey, you don't have to worry. Or fear. Or anger. Selfishness. Narcissism. Entitlement. Self-pity. Suspicion of people. 
All these things and so many more become strongholds in our thinking. They become what our minds, where our minds go. What we think about. What turns around and around and around. If there's somebody that's hurt you, the unforgiveness, when you keep playing that tape over and over and over again, that's a stronghold. It's not letting go. And it doesn't help for, some, for you to say to yourself, oh, I know I shouldn't do this, but I keep doing it. The ruts in our thinking, to the extent that they deny or distort the truth of God, are strongholds in our minds. I said last week that the most powerful influence in our lives, and I'm, I'm not... I'm not adding God into this. God is the ultimate influence. But in terms of our lives on a very practical level, the most powerful influence in our lives is what we think and what we believe. Your circumstance is not the most important guidance in your life or the largest influence in your life. Whether you were brought up this way or that way, had this kind of family or that kind of family, those are not the most important factors in guiding your life or influencing who you are. Your thinking and your belief is the most important guidance system in who you are and how your life is and where your life is. Nations rise and fall more on their belief systems than anything else and the values. So when God wants to transform a life, He doesn't begin with your circumstances. When God wants to transform a life, He begins with our thinking and our belief system. That's how He transforms it. He starts with, He starts by demolishing strongholds to bring us to the truth of Jesus Christ. He starts with strongholds that have built lies in our minds. And Paul tells us that the divine wrecking ball to demolish strongholds is Jesus Christ Himself. Verse 5, We take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Every thought refers back to the arguments and pretensions that set themselves up against God and the knowledge of God. Every thought, we take it captive. That word means to conquer And the word for obedient means to bring under the control. So if we put all that together, demolishing strongholds is by conquering every thought and bringing it under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So a question that comes to my mind, and maybe it comes to yours as you read this, is if strongholds are demonic lies, why doesn't Paul say we take captive every thought and make it obedient to the truth. If lies are the strongholds, why don't we take it captive to the truth? Why does he say we make every thought obedient to Jesus Christ? And the answer is that Jesus is the truth. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, No one comes to the Father except through me. What he is saying is that in terms of ways to salvation, there is but one Jesus Christ. There is no other way to salvation. When it comes to life, there is but one way to life, one source of life, 
and that is Jesus Christ. There is no life outside of Jesus Christ. And when he says, I am the truth, what he is saying is, I am the source of all truth. I'm not a truth mingled amongst many truths. I am the source of truth. All truth owes its existence and finds its source in me, Jesus is saying. Think of Jesus as a dazzlingly bright, brilliant star of truth from whom all other truths radiate. There is not a single truth in the universe that is disconnected from Jesus Christ. He is the truth. Hallelujah, amen? Hallelujah, that is, that is so good to know. Now, conversely, the opposite is true as well. All lies come from Satan, from the devil. They find their source in the devil. Jesus said Satan is the father of lies. He said when we lie, we are speaking the devil's native tongue because he is a liar and has been a liar from the beginning and is the father of lies. Satan's language is lies. Temptation. That first temptation and every temptation. Are you under temptation? Every temptation is based on a lie. You will surely not die. Did God really say? A lie. Sin and death entered the world through a lie. And Satan's primary weapon for destroying souls are lies and lies build strongholds they don't want to give up in our hearts and minds so paul said he had divine power to demolish and he had divine authority to build up janice and i enjoy watching a few hgtv shows uh, a few are our favorites like hometown picture upper and some others and invariably when they go to renovate a house they begin with something they call demo day demo day is when you come in and you knock out walls you tear out cabinets you rip up carpet you cut out rot you tear the house to the studs and sometimes more than that and the reason for all that destruction and tearing out and damage is not to hurt the house or to leave it in shambles, but to rebuild, to take out the bad and rebuild with the good. When Paul talks about demolishing strongholds, it's demo day. It's tearing down that which destroys our lives, the rot, the old, the corrupt, and rebuilding with good, with the truth of God. I remember one time we were uh, called, somebody asked if we could look at their house um, and see if it could be fixed up and renovated. So now if you know anything about me, you know I, I was just there as a pastor, you know. Like I'm not there as a renovator, you know. I know which end of the hammer to use, but barely. But this other guy was a carpenter. So we go there and we walk around and I'm like, yeah, boy, this looks good. I think this, you know, and he's looking and said, this thing, this whole thing has to come down. 
The whole house has to come down. The whole house was leaning. There was no way to build good on top of the bad. The only way you could renovate that house is to take it down to the foundation and rebuild. We cannot build truth on lies. We cannot build healthy living on the foundation of lies. It's impossible. So demo day for us follows the example of Paul. And I want to share three stronghold demolishing soul building steps for us to take to tear down, demolish strongholds and build our lives and others in Christ. The first is this, very simply, proclaim Christ to others and to ourselves. Proclaim Christ to others and to ourselves. Uh, going back in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, <clears throat> beginning in verse 4, Paul writes this, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, strongholds, so that they cannot see the light of the Gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as Your servants. For Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. C.S. Lewis once said, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. It's only as the light of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, who shines the glory of God, it's only as His light shines upon our lives and our hearts and our minds that we see the glory of God. And we see by that light everything else in life more clearly. Paul talks about waging war. Our war is never against people. It's never against people. That person who hates Jesus and mocks you at work or in your family, that person who insults Jesus and derides you, they're not your enemy. Not at all. They are not your enemy. They are captive to the will of the devil. They are blinded to the glory of God. They are captives to the strongholds that hold their minds. There are blinders, strongholds that keep people from coming to Christ. And that, those strongholds are deeply entrenched and fiercely defended. I stood at the bedside of a dying man some years ago and I asked if he wanted to, believe, to receive Jesus Christ. I shared the Gospel with him. And I asked if he wanted to receive Christ as his Savior. What could possibly stop him? He had nothing left to hold on to in this life. And yet, something, a stronghold, was holding on to him 
very tightly. I could feel the wrestling in him, and he, he decided, I, I, I'm not ready, I don't want to now, maybe, maybe next time. And I was sad to hear that he passed away before I could visit him again. Now, I had shared Christ with him, and, and only the Lord knows what the Lord did with those seeds. Our, our job is to proclaim Christ. Only God can open the eyes. Only God, by His power and the power of the Spirit, can tear down strongholds that hold their minds. So we proclaim Christ, and then we pray that God will do what only God can do. But we must proclaim Christ. We must speak Christ, point to Christ. That's our job. Moms and dads, your job is to point your children to Christ. You cannot save them. You think you can save them, you have, you're deceived. If you think if you teach them the right thing and you say the right words and you do the right thing, they will get saved. No. No. You are to teach them the right thing. You are to be, set good examples. You are to point them to Christ. But only God can save our children. Amen? Only God can. But we can pray and trust and point and proclaim. But we also need to proclaim Christ to our own souls. Jerry Bridges said we are to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. So the strongholds of legalism and guilt and condemnation in our own minds and hearts. They hold on tight, but Jesus is the great demolisher of those things. He's the divine wrecking ball of strongholds. Demo Day is all about proclaiming Christ, the grace, the beauty, the majesty, the holiness, the mercy, the love, and the power, the glory of the risen Christ to our souls and to a lost and dying world. Second thing we are to do is to renew our minds with God's Word. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want you to notice that the difference between conformed, being being Conformed and being transformed is what goes on up here. The difference between conformed and transformed is what goes on up here. The transformed life is the product of a renewed mind. Strongholds of lies begin to fall to the power of truth. Stinking thinking gets transformed by transformed thinking. And so, reading the Word of God, meditating on it, memorizing it, turning it over in our hearts, which is meditating on it. That's how we renew our minds. Meditating means to chew over. We, we, we turn the Scriptures over and over in our hearts until we begin to have deeper, a deeper sense of it. We're not looking for new meanings in the Bible. We're just seeking to understand what the author had for us, what God means for us in that. We think about the deeper we get God's Word in our hearts and minds, the more His Word transforms how we live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Doubts are transformed into faith. Fear swallowed up with trust. 
the winds and the waves that life churns up. Jesus commands through His Word, peace, be still. Renewing our minds through the truth of God's Word means God's Word gets more and more ground in our thinking and in our living. I know in my own life, there, there are fears that, I, that used to come close to paralyzing me. And one of the things I did is memorized and, and turned over certain scriptures that dealt with those fears. But they used to come close to paralyzing me. And now they're still there, but they just poke at my heart a little bit. There's a big difference between being paralyzed by something and poke, a little poke at the heart. God sets us free. And by the way, there are great books that are biblically sound that help us also to receive the truth of God's Word. I'm reading currently a book called Gentle and Lowly as my morning devotional. I highly recommend it. And God is using it to deal with what I would call performance legalism. I think all legalism is performance. But there's a performance legalism, even when you become a Christian, um, where you, you, you believe the Gospel, but you still feel like your relationship with God is transactional. It's based on your performance. If I perform well, if I do the right thing, if I'm doing things to this degree, to that degree, God loves me, He accepts me, He draws near to me. If I don't, He doesn't. Here's the trap with that. If you think the answer to that is do it more, you're going to be on an endless, because you never do it enough. You will never pray long enough. You will never read enough Bible. You will never witness enough. You will never live pure enough. You will never, you'll always have that doubt. Did my performance match up? I, you actually, you don't have to have a doubt. I'll tell you right now. Your performance does not come anywhere near good enough to match up. Period. End of story. So when we live by performance legalism and we think that it's all, we're kind of running trying to do this, even if it's subconscious, it's, it's, it's always going to eat away at us. Instead, we're shifted to the, I am His Son, you are His Son, you are His daughter, and He loves you so much. And He showed that love through Christ who performed the great work of salvation that we trust in Him and we do good works, but not in order to earn His acceptance, but because we have His acceptance. World of difference. I am His. I belong to Him. He loves me. I out of that comes grace. I want to serve them. I want to love them. Anyway, this book has been washing over my mind and heart with the truth of God's rich, rich mercy and love. I want to read one quote from it. This is deeper than saying Jesus is loving or merciful or gracious. Listen to this. The cumulative testimony of the four Gospels is that when Jesus Christ sees the fallenness of the world all about Him, His deepest impulse, His most natural instinct is to move toward that sin and suffering, not away from it. Isn't that good? We think He moves away from us when we fall short. 
When we're suffering, we think He's moving away from us. When we fail again and again, when we, when we sin and mess up, we think God's moving away from us. Jesus' deepest impulse, what we see throughout the Gospel, He moved towards our suffering. He moved towards our hurt. He moved towards even the sins that shackle us to set us free. That's His impulse. When we are penitent and we come to Him with humble hearts, that's His impulse. So being reminded of that has been a blessing to me. These things can help renew our minds, but it all has to be focused. Listen, if that book isn't grounded in the Word of God, put it away or burn it. But if it's grounded in the Word of God, it can be a tool to help renew our minds through the Word of God. Last point I want to share this morning is this. We are to build our lives on the rock of Christ's words. Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, I'm not going to read it, but you know the parable where he talks about the wise man who heard Jesus' words and put them into practice. Is like a man who builds his life on the rock. And when the winds and the waves and the rains come, that house stands. Notice it's not the person who hears Jesus' words. Because the other person in the parable hears Jesus' words just as loud and clear as the first person, but does not put them into practice. He is like a man who builds his house on the sand. When the storms come, that house falls. Believing has to incorporate building. Doing. We believe. If someone came to you and said, you know, I believe very, very strongly in giving to the poor. And you think, well, that's a beautiful thing. That's the heart of God. Can I see your checkbook? I'd like to see how you do that. Well, well I, I don't ever actually give to the poor, but I believe in giving to the poor very strongly you'd walk away thinking there's a disconnect between what they believe and their lives. There's something not connected there. As Rick Warren put it, our creeds must be turned into deeds. That's not legalism. We're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. God saved us in order to serve Him. And to walk in the good works which He has prepared in advance for us to do. God never intends for us to say we believe in Christ and then have it not affect our lives at all. According to Jesus, believing isn't hearing alone. It's building on what we hear. And so I want to share as we close a few faith, hopefully, a few faith-building, stronghold-demolishing challenges for us to consider. And you may have a different challenge, but I want to point us in a direction where we can take what we believe and build. If the stronghold is the fear of being rejected or laughed at if we tell people that we're a Christian, Let's pray, ask God for boldness, and then look for winsome ways to share Jesus Christ in everyday life, in conversation. Let's look for ways to, to not let that fear become the stronghold that keeps us from doing 
what God has called us to do. In other words, all I'm simply saying is, we believe we should tell people about Jesus, that he is who we want to proclaim. Let's do it. Amen? Let's do it. And let's not let the stronghold keep us from doing it. If selfishness is the stronghold that God is bringing to mind, let's be intentional about doing considerate things for others. For doing things that, you know, if our lives are like small in the sense of it's all, let's look for ways. How do I break out of this? How do I do something considerate and caring for someone else? If the stronghold is fear, step out and do something that we're afraid to do but feel the Lord is calling us to do. If the stronghold for someone here is looking at certain websites you know you shouldn't be looking at, first of all, ask God, spend some time in Scripture, memorize Scriptures about the purity, about the power of purity, about the deception. You know, temptation is always built on a lie. That temptation is a lie. It promises you great, it gives you death. So meditate on Scriptures, ask God to free you, and then and then take some steps. For some, it might be a website blocker. For another, it might be asking someone to hold you accountable. And for another, it might be something else. But take the steps to renew your mind. Ask God to free your mind. And then stop. God will give you power. If the stronghold is a heart that's dull towards God. I just don't feel love for God. I don't feel affection for God. Take steps. Let's take steps. To spend more time in the presence of the Lord in prayer. To spend more time in the Word of God. To think thoughts that fan the flames of affection for God. And feed that flame with the Scriptures. And truth about how awesome, how awesome God is. Like the songs we sang this morning. Jesus is the divine wrecking ball. He wants to free us from the lies that have taken ground in our thinking. Let's start. I want to challenge us. Let's start every day as demo day. Amen? Let's wake up every morning and say, thank God it's demo day. Lord, tear down some strongholds today. Tear them down and rebuild with the good, pure, loving truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can do that by proclaiming Christ to ourselves and to others, first of all renewing our minds through the Word of God and building our lives on the Word of Christ, who is the only foundation that remains forever. We, verse 5 says, demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let's pray. Lord, first of all, we, we come and we, we want to point our faith towards You. You are the divine wrecking ball. You can demolish that stronghold, those strongholds in our hearts and minds. Lord, You are bigger than those strongholds. You are stronger than those lies by far. Truth will always devastate lies. So Lord, we'll point our faith at You. We're not coming thinking maybe You can do it, maybe You can't. We know You can. God, would you help us to think differently? Would you begin a work by the Spirit of God, drawing us to your Word, and through your Word, letting the glory of Christ just explode into our minds and our hearts, and the purposes of Christ explode into our lives, and our, the purpose of our lives, and the activity of our lives. 
Lord, we want to glorify you, but we know that we are simply reflectors. You are the sun. We want to reflect your glory. Help us to do that. Tear down every lie. Tear down every stronghold. Set free that person that's here this morning who is bound by a stronghold or that person online who is bound by a stronghold. Their thinking is bound and it's not letting go. But we pray that you would demolish that stronghold by the power of your word and the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name we ask that. And we thank you so much for your good, committed power and love in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. Enjoy. We'll see you next Sunday.